Hello and welcome to episode number 245 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. Back on the old shutter. We are indeed for a bit more VR creep show action, uh, which we'll get to shortly. But uh, man, I'm I'm just starting to feel that excitement now as the weeks tick over. Like I'm letting myself get excited. I'm not too excited because in this crazy world in the last year, you never know what's going to happen. But it seems like we're mere weeks away from our cinemas reopening. Um, All I do is every time I drive past the pub now, I'm like, guys, don't ruin it for me. Yeah. You're having your fun. Let me at least get some of my fun before we go into lockdown. Just don't fuck me here. Like, at least let it be open for a month because as it stands right now, yeah, they're going to open with Spiral, which is unbelievable. And then in the the next week after that is Quiet Place Part 2. And then next week after that is The Conjuring. So it's like, yeah. can we at least see these yeah. free give movies? Us, give us that. I'll take that and then I'll put up with three months more bullshit. I'll just watch Wes Craven movies for three months. It don't bother me. Um, I honestly don't think I could handle that. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, like, I, I think fatigue would set in, and, like, I just don't even know what I'd do, like, go to the cinema well, that frequently again. Yeah, it's going to be wild, isn't it? Well, seeing, like, these three big movies that we're looking forward to as well, yeah. like, it's wild. Because yeah, it is like, quite right a now, we're like, oh, well. let's do some TV stuff, mm. let's do a Wes Craven movie, oh, here's an on-demand movie we've never heard of. Like, that <laughs> seems to be our cycle right now. Yeah. I can't imagine being, like just watching spiral and then going to see a quiet place like that that just blows my mind i know that was like how it was like the good old days wasn't it just like you only get one week for the major release and then you're on to the next one like it's just yeah it's crazy but uh, yeah, going into the news uh, real quick, there isn't too much this week, uh, which is good really because we've got a lot of creep show to talk about. Um, but firstly, yeah, new trailer for a movie that we just discussed. Um, the first trailer, it's wild that it's only just come out um, for The con- the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, um, which like I just said, is only a month away, which um, I think is awesome that they've left it this late for this trailer because that's been one of the worst things of like seeing these trailers so long ago for these movies and having to wait. So like they've, they, they, they just nailed it. I think in terms of the marketing of like not getting you overhyped, we knew this was coming and then release it just before. Um, so I'm assuming you, you watched this trailer. Um, I decided not to watch it actually. What? None of it at all. No. Cause I, I, I get too scared with the Conjuring movies. Like yeah. they've had some rough trailers in the past where they've shown a lot, a lot of the jump scares and mm. set pieces and stuff. So like, I, I know I'm in, like, I don't need to see it. Yeah. I'm pretty similar. It was like, it followed the, the, the normal format of a trailer really of like the mm. first half was setting up the story. And I thought that was super interesting, which we'll get into in a sec and kind of like, okay, I'm in. And then once the second half of the trailer where it is the more quick cuts, quick scenes of action, that yeah, was when I stopped watching third it. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cause so I just didn't need to see that. Like I say, I'm already in, um, I think it looks really cool. You know, obviously it's the Warrens returning, which is fantastic. And it's been so long since the Conjuring two. Um, I think this is like the eighth movie in this universe at this point, which is crazy. Yeah. And kind of all the spinoffs and offshoots got so out of hand when they start, you know, becoming wait you know we've got more annabelle movies for christ's sake than we do the conjuring um so it is frustrating that it's taken this long to get back to where it all started um and obviously it's not james one so that's a big kind of question mark but yeah like the actual story of this is super cool um especially with the title when i first heard the kind of title change the devil made me do it i was like okay because it didn't really mean anything to me but then when you see the trailer and learn that this is about kind of a real famous case, especially in the United States, where it was the first time in history that a kind of murder suspect um, would use demonic possession as their defense in court. 
um and to, hence the title and i think that's fascinating and obviously the warrens were involved in it in real life as well which adds into uh, it and it just warrens got up to a lot of shit didn't they They really life. did yeah like, it's crazy like the fact that they haven't even like we've just had that one scene of amityville yeah like <laughs> that was awesome like yeah. it's it's kind of hilarious that the one thing that like the horror community in the wider world knows about the Warrens is Amityville. Mm. And yet that's the one thing that they've kind of said, nah, we're good. Like, yeah, they, <laughs> they seem to have started with the most obscure, with like the first yeah. movie. And then obviously the second one, it was a fairly famous story in, in the mm. UK. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, this is way bigger. And it's like, it's crazy that it took this long to get this, but it's cool because yeah, I Will think this is super conjuring for Amityville. But potentially, yeah, it's it's interesting. Obviously, with that tease in Conjuring Two, because it almost felt like, especially with James doing it, of like that's done now, sort of thing. But mm. who knows? But um, yeah, I liked it. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not like head over heels with it, of course, because it's one of these types of movies where they always have to win me over on their own individual merit. And like I say, without James Wan there, I am worried. Um, I'm especially... as buzzed as I can possibly be for one of these movies. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, especially yeah. after so much time off, isn't it? It kind of like yeah. makes you want to do one of these more. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Like going into a cinema, like you know, we're going to be absolutely pumped to go into a cinema. You know, this will be what our third visit in three weeks, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But actually, seeing one of these spooky, jump scary movies and in a in a cinema full of people that won't have seen one of these for well every year as well. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, it, it, you know, I'm definitely the itch is there and. I'm glad it's The Conjuring and not one of these offshoot movies that we're going to see and kind of, you know, get get back into the saddle with. Oh, definitely. And, and obviously, as we mentioned before, but like we love those characters so much. And mm. when we got like a glimpse of them, basically at the start and the end of the last Annabelle movie, they elevate the material so goddamn much because they're both such phenomenal actors and the chemistry they have together as an on-screen couple is just so good. Um, so seeing them in the trailer, I just cannot wait to see this one. Um Next up, this is a very. I'm small... gonna run. I was just gonna say I'm gonna put up a Twitter poll after after we record of um, <laughs> what Elvis song is um, is going to be sung in the Conjuring. I may or may not have already been tweeting about uh, him singing Elvis <laughs> already. Um, but uh, I, want, I want the poll up there. I want to see people's thoughts on it. I want to I'm see. Gonna, if I'm gonna cares. be. I'm gonna be voting. Um, but uh, yeah, next up, this is just a nice small update really on an upcoming kind of Blu-ray release. Um, we already knew that Second Sight, who uh, you know most recently just did the Amazing Dawn of the Dead uh, re-release, mm. um, they had picked up the rights for another George A. Romero movie, which is Martin, mm. um, a very criminally underseen movie from 1977. And there was a bit of a delay on this one, and people were starting to say to Second Sight, you know, what's going on? And they basically said an update um, yeah, following awesome. a lot of discussion and some logistical delays we can we finally have news on martin originally intended as blu-ray only it will now also be a 4k uhd um and they say they're working on this for a late summer release so yeah awesome awesome news really this is doing similar with what they did with dawn of the dead offering both uh, versions um you've not seen this movie have you no no so i i bought it on dvd but it was kind of it was a multi-region because you couldn't get um a region two dvd of it and i never kind of dealt with the hassle of trying to get my dvd player to play it so yeah i've never actually seen it but i own it <laughs> <laughs> i've not seen this movie for about 12 years and i remember really liking yeah. it it's you know a different take on vampire stories and especially mm-hmm. for 1977 like it very much was the more traditional kind of portrayals yeah, of a vampire you know just kind of happened and, mm. and you know you kind of you know that's what people's mindset was 
So it was cool that, like, again, George was really ahead of the curve of being like, oh, no, let's just take a normal person and how would they deal with life if they thought they were a vampire? And so, yeah, I, I and it's very funny as well. Like, I remember liking this movie a lot. I've not seen it for, like, say, at least 12 years. So yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward the to fact, this. The fact, that they've, the fact that they've, you know, put, put out the news of a 4K, like, that's definitely kind of tipped me over the edge, I think, where I'm going to try and pick this up. Yeah, this is awesome news. Like, like we've said time and time again, we're just so lucky to have all these companies doing these restorations. It's just awesome. Um, and then, yeah, next up, these are two just very small stories. Um, Saw continues to be in the news because I put the news together. I was going to um, say, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like, this was a real interesting one because it was a ginormous was it? art. Was it, Matt? Was it? it is um so basically it was on deadline um who get all the scoops as usual and they had this giant interview with the kind of head of lionsgate television and talking about their strategy with tv over the last year and going forward and it was pretty interesting because i don't know too much about lionsgate tv a lot of the shows they were referencing aren't shows i'm aware of or have seen um but basically they're killing it and they're doing incredibly well in that space um and so kind of off the back of that they were talking about other potential tv shows and during the course this interview he also mentioned that they're going to be doing an american psycho tv show which is mm -hmm. bizarre in its own right um but that's not even the news because also he went on to say um we're always exploring what we can do in television with something like the saw franchise so that's a conversation um and so that was it they, yeah they didn't press him about saw because who would um other than me so but Wait, I yeah got, i got a question for you go for it the American, the American Psycho TV show was announced. Yeah, it, like I don't know if it was in this interview or not, but that that's right. been going around the last week as well. Because there's a okay. John Wick spin-off. There's like loads of different stuff. So we're not talking about the announced project of a horror IP. We quite <laughs> like. We're talking about some bullshit rumor where he's saying there's a conversation to be had about sort. Quite like American Psycho is <laughs> one of my all-time favorite movies, but I don't have any thoughts on a TV show because I could not give a shit. Like anything American Psycho that wasn't that original movie is pointless to me because it yeah. was Christian Bale's film. End of. Whereas saw is uh, as we know it can live on in many different forms um i need but, to watch that film again i want to watch him just putting on a face mask oh i watch it every couple of months and yeah, it always getting, is getting nails good. done um yeah, yeah like I got me a blu-ray of it so i want to talk about saw let me talk about saw oh, yeah. um so <laughs> yeah like i this seems like a no-brainer obviously every horror icon is jumping ship to tv in the last couple of years uh, literally everything um it won't be too long before we're getting like freddy and all this stuff jason if he gets Already out of gone, his man. hell um yeah that's true <laughs> that's very true um whatever happened to you going back and watching all of freddy's nightmares nah, you know <laughs> <laughs> did wes craven direct any of them i assume he didn't that's that's the problem right there um but yeah like i say there, there really isn't too much to talk about this but um i am i into a saw tv show hell yeah you know of course not of course i would be but i want to see films way more so yeah mm. we'll, we'll see about it but it's a weird format for a tv show i have to say like maybe it would be the more procedural crime type stuff with what they're doing with that new clarice show that's kind of like an offshoot of science of the lambs yeah it would just be like a serial killer type show like that could be cool like that's such a weird genre the whole kind of procedural cop serial killer type genre because so much of it is garbage and then, but some of it's that's, really good like my time is incredible like... The, the stuff that's good is real good you mm. know you know i always harp on about it but like early doors dexter yeah definitely. um there, there, oh, there was another oh the um fucking kevin bacon one the following yeah oh, you like that yeah. Following. yeah you know there's some real good ones out there but it's just mm. you know it's just it, a very it, crowded market yeah for every it? one of those i've watched i've had to watch four which were like trash 
Mm. You know, and yeah, there are so many that I'd get like two or three episodes in and turn off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be up for this. I think it could be cool. It was, uh, yeah, I think I, I do think it's likely based upon what he was saying in this interview about like oh, they are likely like, yeah, like they'll be killing it. Well, yeah, that they like TV is just such a, an easier. It's a more stabilized market right now, mm. um, and I think a lot of companies wish they were Disney. Of just they happen to kind of luck into, hey, we're just going to put our biggest movies into TV shows, and then it just so happens that's going to happen during a pandemic. It's almost as if D- Disney planned it. I know so, Disney's we, just we filthy. Shall, <laughs> we shall move on. Um, lastly, this is a very small update. Like Escape Room Two is a movie that keeps floating around for the last year or so, and it's funny because it's like no one asked for a sequel to this movie um and it just keeps getting chucked around but it's been brought forward massively this was coming out in like january next year um and they probably thought well we don't want to go up against scream um and they also thought hey movies are actually making money again in the cinema way quicker than we thought so we're gonna chuck this in july so it's now coming out july 16th so it's it's another cinema horror to look for right right around the time of purge maybe (laughs) <laughs> yeah um so yeah I'd, I'd be down i'd watch another escape room like it wasn't terrible but it also wasn't great so it's kind of fit for a sequel really it might be like the unfriended dark web situation where it just turns out to be way better than the original so maybe i mean it needs to just not have anything to do with the original just in name alone because i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure i'm sure that ended on trying to be like oh the end was material so didn't it, where it went like mental yeah, <laughs> yeah. so like I if they continue yeah if they can if they continue why do you have to bring that up <laughs> why because i just wanted you to be fully prepared for what we might have to sit down and see not long enough to forget yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that is pretty much it for the news this week shall we talk about this week's tv show do it Let's talk about creep show So, yeah, we obviously already talked about the premiere, um, what, a few weeks back now, um, mm. which was awesome. And, uh, yeah, we want to talk about the rest of the season now. We'll obviously talk about kind of the rest of the episodes. Let's go by segment by segment. And then we'll kind of give our overall thoughts on this season, um, pick our favorite segments individually as well. But, uh, yeah, obviously the first episode and the first two segments we already <coughs> did a show on. We'll probably mm. talk about that in like the overall conclusion, but we're not going to go in depth on those. But it was Model Kid and Public Television of the Dead, and we thoroughly enjoyed the first episode as well. So I'd highly recommend people check out that show. Um, but kind of going into episode two, um, straight away, really, kind of the next segment was Dead End Breakfast um which very small kind of synopsis here um when a true crime travel vlogger documents her stay at a hokey haunted bed and breakfast she gets a much scarier experience than she was expecting so Mm. i mean that's pretty much the setup like is there anything else to add in that in terms of plot because it is a very basic setup this that that is it right i guess the only other mention is like the history in the hotel yeah it's so yeah it's kind of yeah i think you kind of said you know the, the vlogger is kind of someone that visits all of these kind of things and and this this hotel is trying to take the kind of thing that we've spoken about quite a bit the infamy that that real life serial killers are getting right now and yeah. kind of how um popular and mainstream it's become and this is kind of like someone whose parents were kind or, or was it nan or something or yeah, I think yeah. Like grandmother, yeah. um yeah Definitely grandmother yeah was like um rumored to have been a killer and they try to turn Mm -hmm. it into this hokey house and it's kind of like exploring the fact of did she do crimes or is it all just bullshit and kind of um 
you know, them trying to make more of a thing of it than what it is. Yeah, because it's not like it's some well-known huge thing, and yeah, I've, you yeah know, it's this, not. It's this... not Amityville that have opened up for a B and B. Yeah, this this bed and breakfast is like struggling. They're like on their last resources and like, right, what do we do to kind of gain some attention? Yeah. They're like, so oh, they seem- there was rumor that Nan killed someone. Let's just, you know, <laughs> do that. Yeah, and it's weird because because the, then they go into it of like, well, there was no evidence, and then kind of like the person who's like the descendant, she kind of wants to defend almost her her relative who's like this supposed serial killer being like hey she's one of like the original iconic female serial killers like yeah. give her her credit she's almost like it's, a fangirl it's funny because it's like brother and sister that are running it and the sister mm. is very much yeah one in that family history and kind yeah. of proud and, and wears it as a badge of honor whereas the brother is kind of like if this isn't real like our family name isn't dirt like i'm quite i'm quite <laughs> pleased and so yeah it's funny those con- contrasting opinions yeah um, that was a good job but yeah, I think like it's weird because I think having now seen the whole series, I think the, the my, like, spoilers too much for other segments. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just saying having seen the whole series, like my thoughts on some of these episodes might be different mm. um, because I think kind of coming off the bat of episode one, feeling as high as I did, like I, I, I don't know if I was kind of necessarily blown away by this episode, but as time's gone on, like I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm. I think it was, you know, it was a fun segment. I think what you've set up, you know, there is the synopsis is kind of very simple. It's very, it's perfect for creep show. It's perfect for that time format. You know, the, the setup is literally, you know, 30 seconds and then you're in. Um, and it was a setup that I was, uh, you know, I could get behind and it kind of had the fun, you know, um, I think I think the thing with Creepshow, which I really love, is that you get this finality in a lot of the episodes, and you just get this really fun, like, here's the setup, there's a fun little journey, bang, there's an ending, and there's the punchline. Mm. And, like, this does it, like, to perfection, and, like, it, it works, and I, I enjoyed it. And, like, when the punchline hits, I had a little smile on my face as, as we, get, we get to see the little cartoon animations of... Uh, of um the creep creep show guy hmm. yeah i yeah. i really like this one as well and it, it was weird because um you know a lot of these kind of anthology horror shows you can say similar things but this really reminded me reminded me of like goosebumps yeah. especially because it, this is a more tamer episode it isn't kind of like really flashy with its gore or anything like that and it is a more simple story and especially with its its ending of like it's kind of like part morality tale, part just like has this fun ending sort of thing. And that very much reminds me of Goosebumps ending of like, mm. you know, the book closes and then the episode ends. So yeah, I, I thought it served its purpose. I think most of these episodes, you start to see a trend, especially like you say, having seen the whole series of like, you really don't get much time. Most of the episodes are around 20 minutes. Um, you pretty much only get three characters in each segment as well. There are a couple that buck the trend for yeah. better or worse, which we'll get into, but most of these episodes center around three characters. And so I think the ones that nail that they have to nail those characters. And this one did like, it was a believable brother and sister. Like you say, their backstory worked in terms of one of them loved the history of the serial killer and one of them didn't. And then you had the blogger who pretty much played their role. How you'd want of well of like, they're pretty irritating. They're pretty self-centered. They're pretty egotistical, um, yeah. but they're also kind of funny encompass sequences as well of like making fun of this place so you can kind of see where they'd be popular as well um so yeah it all worked for me and um at the time really enjoyed it it kind of flew past and was like say a fun little ending i think yeah once you get into the rest of the series i'll kind of determine how i feel about it overall but yeah when when i watched it i was like this is a fun episode for sure Mm -hmm. um or fun segment um and then yeah kind of moving on to pesticide um 
the fourth segment um once again greg returning to uh, direct after doing the first two segments mm. um and then a lot of this was kind of a lot in the a lot of the promotional stuff yeah it was yeah a lot in the this episode has a lot going on yeah um so yeah pesticide is about, uh, an exterminator is tasked with a big job and it's more than he bargained for the payout is huge but is it worth what it's costing him um that's a very vague plot synopsis <laughs> so i mean I struggled with this one story-wise, so what is this actually about? <laughs> so, um, I can't remember the guy's first name, but he's something of a king, because he's King's Pesticide. He's the yeah. king of Pesticide, played by uh, Josh McDermott, who mm-hmm. um very well-known from playing Eugene in Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was quite off-putting to begin with, because I don't... Did you ever get... Did you get to the point of Eugene in Walking no. Dead? No, but he's he's got a very distinct accent and mullet and kind of just sticks out like a sore thumb. Right. So him being very different in this was, was you know, quite amusing. Um, and it also stars Ashley Lawrence, which is mm. awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, great to see her as well. I wish I wish she was in it more, to be honest. Mm. Um, because the, the movie kind of sets up him going to her um, therapy. Uh, she, she's some sort of psychiatrist, and um, yeah, works from home, doesn't she? she yeah, like works from home, and and she's got a bug problem, and he's kind of a bit of a bit obnoxious, and kind of um, they have a backwards and forwards. And I kind of wanted, you know, you you spoke about it before, where it's kind of centered around two or three characters. Like, I kind of wanted this episode to be centered around those two, and like a mm-hmm. push and pull, and then you know some sort of bug thing. And it kind of widens up a lot more when he then um, gets contacted by a man. I think he was called Mr. Murdoch. And he... Um, Is that Keith David's uh, character? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he owns a, a, an abandoned kind of warehouse. And he basically is saying to uh, the king, I want you to get rid of my uh, pest problem. And his pest problem turns out to be a load of homeless people. Mm. And he's offered him like you know a crazy sum of money to basically off all of these homeless people, um, and yeah, for for me, I kind of I really like the I really like the opening. You know, I like I like Josh. I really like Ashley. Um, I, I enjoyed the opening quite a bit and kind of that backwards and forwards. Um, I enjoyed when when like you say Keith David's character comes into play as well and kind of him given the ultimatum and kind of you know labeling these homeless people as pests and you're you're you know you're the king of destroying pests what are you going to do about it and then kind of when it actually goes into like what happens it starts to just kind of it wasn't what i fully wanted it to be it still had kind of you know these these you know these these okay moments but it was more kind of he's hallucinating and you're not knowing what's real and what's not and that starts to get into the borderlines of shit we don't like and and i was kind of like you know by the end of it i was kind of meh on it yeah i really struggled with this one a lot um it, it just never really got going for me and it, it, the the i want to talk about all three of these actors because yeah for me keith david was the one guest star in this series that i was looking forward to the most um mm. especially based upon the trailer um and i just it's consistent with all three where i don't really like any of the characters that they were playing in this segment i just didn't get any of the characters i didn't really get what their purpose was it it felt more like just we're chucking cameos in um Mm. because they because it was just like the first three characters you meet in this in this segment are these three people who are very recognizable people 
Yeah, and I think Ashley Lawrence's character is probably the only one who is like a fleshed out character where I can kind of see what they were going with with that. Whereas Keith Davis, and in, in particular Josh, who obviously I'm not familiar with as an actor, um, and it's no, it definitely wasn't the acting that was a problem in the segment whatsoever. It was just these weird character choices. Like he's a very weird protagonist. And I was kind of like, am I supposed to like this guy, dislike him? I don't really know. And, and it was just, it just didn't work for me. So I was disappointed because I, I was really... Yeah, I was really looking forward to Keith and he's basically in like two scenes that are really short. And then um, Ashley, who I don't even know if I've seen her in anything since Hellraiser. I, I'm struggling to think there must have been something. Yeah, um, but, but to see her pop up and shout out to her for aging incredibly well. Like just bravo to you because that was she's incredible but like she's barely in any in, in the episode as well. So I felt like they had these two guest stars that they could have done a lot more with and guest stars were used a hell of a lot better on in the series which we'll get to and this was the one of kind of like i don't know this didn't fit the script i don't think i thought that they took three great actors who he's clearly a fan of obviously with greg with the walking mm. dead connection with josh and then they just kind of put them in these three roles and i don't think any of the three of them suited these roles um which i think was ultimately why i didn't enjoy this segment um, yeah i've i i kind of was most looking forward to Ashley's cameo mm. for, for the franchise of the guest stars. So the fact that we got the two, we were most looking forward to yeah. played such minor roles. Like I really wanted um, Ashley's character to be kind of the lead in an episode because, mm. because yeah, like I've kind of been, I haven't seen her in movies, but I've kind of, you know, um, she's kind of gone back into kind of the, the media limelight in recent years. She started mm. to go to like, horror conventions and that sort of thing and that's how she's popped up on my timeline and i kind of like it was like oh we finally get to see her in something that's awesome and then yeah it's a shame that it wasn't you know more fleshed out for her yeah for sure um so uh that was the end of the second episode um episode three uh the right snuff is the first segment um a bit of a longer kind of plot <laughs> synopsis on this one um snuff yeah it. like can you do you know why it's called that no <laughs> no <laughs> was, when you said the right stuff i then had to remind myself what episode it was yeah because you got are you like oh yeah it's the space sci-fi one that just doesn't scream that at all to me um mm -hmm. but anyway um it's about two astronauts that are on a history making mission in space but when the promise of fame and glory collides with a major misunderstanding it ensures they'll go down in history for an entirely different reason i mean that's a pretty good way of describing it really yeah. um because that is that is what it's about it's a two pretty much two actor um you know two character driven story um yeah. it is a pure sci-fi for kind of yeah the first time this series right um yeah mm -hmm. and um it's always interesting with creep show with sci-fi because i think or any anthology shows and films um because a lot of people come for the horror i'm someone who loves sci-fi almost as much as i love horror so i'm not someone who's kind of immediately turned off with if you're seeing something a bit more space orientated um or even set on earth like yeah because there was oh, what was that one there was the sci-fi related one in season one that i thought was really good it was involving the tvs yeah. and like was it like a bunch of fat people do you remember that one it was mm. really bizarre um but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not against the sci-fi, especially you know when you're mm. watching these anthology things and you know you're getting another one. Yeah, like you compare a sci-fi with with a more you know more mainstream horror one, and and it's all good. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, like I was I was kind of like, okay, this is cool that we're in a space shuttle, and like this is this looks and feels different to the rest of Creep Show, and yeah, I I liked this episode. I didn't love it. I thought it's 
it's so kind of ambitious in what it's trying to achieve in such a short runtime. And I think that was ultimately where it couldn't fully execute what they were going for. Mm. Um, like I said, I still really like this, but like when you have a two character driven thing and you're like, okay, the first scene you're introducing us as the audience to these characters, here's these two astronauts, here's what they're doing with this like cool, like gravity thing on the space shuttle. I'm like, okay, I'm into this. I'm belie- I like the sci-fi. These characters are believable. And then within like two minutes, you immediately have to introduce what the conflict is going to be between these two characters. And so I never got a chance to like either side with one or the other. Like obviously when you have a, a feature length movie, like alien is obviously like the gold standard, but you kind of, it starts and everyone's yeah. on the same level field, aren't they? Like, right. Who's going to be well, the bad guy. It, who's going to be the good guy. Yeah. It, it reminded me a bit of like Cloverfield paradox. Yeah. Where, where like, you know, you've got a feature where you can set things up because you know, we join these two astronauts on the spaceship and, um, again, two great recognizable actors. Mm. Um, was it is Brecken Meyer yeah. who, who is in like road trip is what I recognize him. From, yeah. but <laughs> stuff. And then I don't know how to say the other guy's name. Was it Ryan? Quentin? Quentin. Yeah. Um, what obviously from true blood. Oh yeah, was it Jesse? That's cool. it Jesse or whatever his name is? I yeah. remember. Yeah, I yeah, knew I recognised him. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird one when you see them both, and you're like, because they both look relatively different. And I was like, I know yeah. both these guys. Yeah, I, I figured out the other one, but I hadn't caught the True Blood one. That's pretty great. Yeah, which is brilliant. And oh man, I love True Blood. And um, <laughs> so yeah, I was buzzed to see those two, and especially you know um ryan from true blood because like his character was just like i could kind of just imagine him kind of just becoming an astronaut at the end of true blood and doing this like it's just kind of like the same sort of character where he's got this accent and just playing this like you know pro- proper all-american guy and i, I yeah. really like that i like i like kind of brecken being more of a kind of boffin and and kind of the the technical side and i enjoyed the kind of rub that they had that one of them just was this kind of jock character that wanted to be this all-american hero but the other one because he had the brains was going to become the all-american hero mm. and i enjoyed that but then as soon as we knew that's what it was it, it when things start to go down it just kind of happens quite quickly and then when it when their conflict gets resolved i just it didn't earn anything else beyond that mm. and and then like you say it kind of the ambition got got bigger than 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 what 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 it could ultimately deliver yeah. Um, which is a shame, you know, because it's it's a you know great kind of because because obviously, I think this one's written by Greg as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he's one of the writers. And yeah. and um, uh, it's got a good director as well. Is it Joe Lynch? Yeah, Joe Lynch directed yeah. uh, two things. His first one of the season. Yeah. So again, like you know, I was I you know it's got good merit all round. Um, but yeah, just ultimately the final third. And, and, of, and the thing is, when we're talking about a 20 minute segment and like mm-hmm. the th- final third misses, like that's that's a big portion of your runtime. And and yeah, it, it, it kind of, you know, it, it missed. And, and I think kind of, um, you know, by the end of those, you know, the two, you know, kind of that episode kind of kicking off that way, I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, well, I think it just shows you how difficult this is, right? Of like, mm-hmm. we kind of take it for granted that, like, to tell a fun, cohesive story, get in and get out in 20 minutes is like so goddamn difficult. I mean, even comparing it to like Creep Show 2, where like there was only three segments and like mm-hmm. there was, they had way more time to flesh out the stories even back then compared to what they have now. So it was, th- this is the one of kind of like, this is the one segment of the whole series that I say I enjoyed because I did enjoy it, but it was the one that left me wanting more and being like, 
if you guys want to use this as an idea to commission a feature, I'd watch the feature yeah. um, because I think there's some really cool stuff in there. I just wish they had, if this was 80 minutes and had a budget, I think this could have been really, really awesome and something that mm. I personally loved as a sci-fi fan. But as yeah. a segment on Creep Show, it was fun, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't nail the landing. Um, and then, mm. yeah, kind of going into the next one, next segment, um, Sibling Rivalry. Um, this is kind of the one that doesn't really have as much kind of, I guess, traction as the others because it doesn't have like huge guest stars, but it does have one notable actor, which we'll get yeah. to. Um, but it doesn't have kind of like Greg or anyone attached to it. But um, it's uh, the, the plot synopsis for this one is Lola is convinced her brother is trying to kill her. But the more she pieces together, the less things make sense. Turns out she's looking for a monster in entirely the wrong place. Um, which yeah, does do a good job of setting up. But basically this entire episode is set around a conversation, at least for the first half, between like a student at a high school and it's like a high school counselor, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and she's, ba- yeah, she just comes up to her and says, my brother's trying to kill me. And it's like, okay, yeah, why? It's How? playing itself tongue in cheek and, and for the comedy side yeah. of it. Yeah, and it's yeah. all kind of like in reverse. So it's kind of like yeah. she's explaining her her weekend, I guess, and things that have happened, and she's trying to get to why her brother's trying to kill her whilst going off on these weird little loopholes and getting yeah, distracted. Yeah. And I just loved that storytelling device so much. I think, again, comparing it directly to the one we just talked about in terms of like it was so hard to portray the story in the in the runtime this is like perfect because you immediately establish your lead character then through the kind of backstory you can establish the brother character and then you have kind of molly ringwald who plays the the counselor i just thought did such a good job of kind of keeping that pace and especially the young actress i believe was it maddie nichols who played the lead i'm assuming it is based on the cast list i've got um but I thought they absolutely nailed it. And like, I was, I laughed a lot. I thought all the kind of cutaways and attempts of humor really worked. It kind of had this like happy death day energy to it that just mm. worked for me. Um, the second half, when they kind of leave that storytelling device and it's more told in real time, it took me maybe a minute or two to be like, oh, okay, we're not having these like fun cutaways anymore. It's going to be played a bit more straight. But then it still leaned into the comedy. And just overall, I really, really liked this segment. It was the one, like I say, that like, I didn't really have any expectations to um, because it didn't have these kind of big guest stars I was looking forward to or big mm-hmm. names attached to it. But this was the one that like probably surprised me the most out of the whole series and is one that I'd easily watch again because it flew past. Like, I don't know how long the counselor bit was, whether that was even <laughs> half the episode, but it felt like nothing it was over in an instant and i i thought they got in the jokes landed the all of the performances were awesome it had fun little twists and turns and ended in a pretty satisfying way as well um the effects in particular in this one really blew mm. me away like they have kind of an effect for our lead which must be a like a, a you know a combination of practical and visual and looks really good i would say it's probably the best special effect of this whole season um because it completely convinced me and i was like wow i didn't think you had the budget for that sort of visual effects on this show so yeah i i've really loved this segment yeah the 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 effects kind of blew me away mm, um shocking isn't it? i i ended up watching this segment twice yeah i um, want to I because to i watched it when i was super tired mm. and i was watching it and then i kind of like pretty much fell asleep straight after watching it and i kind of woke up the next morning i was like the effects i was like Did, i was like that couldn't have been that crazy <laughs> and so i had to watch it again just to see those and obviously it's such a small time commitment mm. um and yeah like i i think the you know it, it it's funny, really, because we we seem to be gravitating towards these kind of tongue-in-cheek comedy horror things. Mm-hmm. But then 
but then I think this has the best vore, uh, best gore and effects in yeah. you know the entire the entire series. Um, and, you know, so it's so it's weird that the two get paired together because mm-hmm. because yeah, when we do actually get um, kind of you know, I don't want to go into the effect because I think it's mild spoilery, but like it's it's it looks so good, like you say, it's um, it's you know something that we've seen before, but I've never seen anything quite like that, and it looks so good. Um, and I think kind of that coupled with the fact that the opening was just super fun. And, and then, and then, like I said, it has that perfect creep show where you get the, you get the story, you, you suddenly, you know, you get 10 seconds ahead of what's going on, you, where you're figuring out what's going on. And then you get the, the nice little finality and, and then the little stinger at the end as well, when they go back to the high school, mm. I thought, I thought like it was all just really, you know, really great fun. And yeah, when, when it kind of, I think, you know, with this show, obviously you get the final um, image and then it turns into the comic book. And I always use that as like a moment to like dwell on where my mood is at when Mm -hmm. it happens. And I think it's a really good gauge as to how the episode is gone. And like, yeah, I just had a smile on my face when, when, when it turned into the comic book segment. Like I was just like, hell yeah, that was great. You know, and, and that, and, and like I said, that's not always my thoughts on it. You know, I remember with like, you know, pesticide, you know, the, that freezes. And I was like, oh man, this should have mm. been more, you know, this should have, this should have been better. And, but with this, it, it delivered on exactly what it needed to. Yeah. It's a good point. Like episode one had that as well, didn't it? Of like when mm. public television of dead ended and it kind of turned into a comic book, you were like, hell yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm really yeah, glad I get to see that as that kind of the iconic creep show cover. And yeah, I'm completely with you of this one of like when it ended and it told you the story again, like sibling rivalry and you saw the characters mm. and I was like, man, that really, really worked. Like, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, moving on to the next episode, episode four, um, we kick off with Pipe Screams, mm. um, which is the second segment directed by Joe Lynch, um, starring one Barbara Crampton in this one. And uh, yeah, the plot synopsis is a drain clog turns out to be more than just a little matted hair and soap scum and a down on his luck plumber is tasked with getting the problem under control trouble is the problem has a mind of its own (laughs) (laughs) which uh, sounds very creep show and it is very creep show oh this is like it came from the beneath this came from beneath the sink goosebumps in it right there yeah oh it so is like yeah it's <laughs> I already have a smile on my face talking about this one again. Similar with the last one, I thought they nailed it. It kind of got in, did what it needed to do, and got out. And I think that is kind of consistently what we keep saying about these segments. But like, this was almost the most carbon copy of that I've ever seen, where it's pretty much free sequences, and yeah. it, it, you can almost put it down to like the storyboard of like start, middle, and end. But like, it's simple, but it worked, and it was super effective. The effects were both funny and just well they're really really funny and like kind of like this what i just said in that um synopsis of kind of like this plumber who's kind of like juggling slash fighting this combination of matted hair in this in the kind of sewers that may or may not be alive was just great and very reminiscent of kind of like the weird black glue uh, goo monster in creep show 2 i thought as well yeah um but yeah, and obviously, like if Barbara, you've ever pulled hair from the sink, like yeah. that's basically like a giant wadge of that is attacking him. It's disgusting. Yeah, and that's um, such a good setup for like one of these types of segments because, like, say everyone's had that moment or seen that in something, and yeah. the idea of just going like, "Oh no, what if that was strangling you or like face hugging you?" That would be yeah. utterly preposterous and disgusting, and so <laughs> that's why it works so well for a segment. Yeah, definitely. I think kind of 
you know, you, you touched upon it there briefly, but like Barbara in this was excellent. Mm, like her, her character, she's just like this absolute piece of shit landlord that just mm. doesn't give, doesn't care. And like the way she blackmails the plumber when she's kind of like, I've done my research on you. And like, uh, like you can't afford for me to give you bad reviews. So just do what I ask you to do and get on with it. Mm. And like, she's just such a piece of work and she plays it to perfection. Um, and yeah, especially as beloved as she is in the genre, it's really mm. hard to come in and we're like, way cheering as audiences like this, Barbara, yeah. and then immediately be like, oh, and she's screw this, she's horrible. <laughs> yeah, and like and yeah. she nailed it. And so I think that is the difference between just a guest star, which we've seen earlier on in the show. Of like, I was like, oh yes, it's Keith David. I don't know what the hell this character is, but yay, Keith David. Whereas this was like, oh no, this is actually a really interesting character, which I cannot wait to see her get her comeuppance in as well yeah she she's another weird one isn't she because she disappeared for so long like it, for for me anyway like i hadn't mm. seen her in anything and then like you know in recent years she's been in a hell of a lot of stuff again i don't know whether um, it was the difference but it seemed like your next was the turning point because i yeah. remember when adam put her in that he was very much like she deserves to be in more stuff and i've i can't remember her not being in films every year since your next so maybe she was no. in stuff before that, no but... exactly because lords of salem was just after wasn't it yeah potentially um, yeah i think so mm. um but yeah like certainly those two kind of kick-started it didn't it and kind mm. of then you know been in a chunk of stuff since then um but but yeah kind of yeah i thought she was great i thought the whole you know creature stuff and like you know the the plumber kind of fighting this creature was good i kind of i kind of wanted it to be a little bit more zany a little bit more bruce campbell kind of in <laughs> evil, dead, evil dead 2 but it was really it was pretty zany i'm not gonna lie yeah that middle um, scene for me was straight up evil dead 2 when he's like then, fighting with it but then yeah i kind of wanted him to be a little bit more animated in it but um <laughs> he played it a bit more de you know deadpan which you know i i understand um the, the only thing with me for this one was the stinger the kind of the end of it didn't quite hit when mm. kind of all all the residents are in the basement, it kind of it it was too grand scale. I could see what they were trying to achieve, but it was just kind of like I, I think they should have gave her a comeuppance in a different way. Mm. It, it that didn't you know I I can't overly critique it because it's just dumb fun. I mean I've just watched like twenty minutes of hair goop attack someone, <laughs> so I can't be like oh that's unrealistic. These people wouldn't all do that, but it just mm. kind of I don't know like. It suddenly we get this wadge of people that I've, we've not seen before. I think it would have been better if it was just a bit more intimate and a bit more just for the characters we knew. Uh, but, you know, other than that, yeah, I still had a great time with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, the second segment in this episode um, is Within the Walls of Madness. Um, so, yeah, this one, the plot synopsis is a top secret government compound is evacuated as the last few scientists in the building fight to contain the creature they've been studying. But is it the truth? But is the true threat one of them? Um, so that very much sounds like the thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like a lot of things we've seen, what I swear we saw something else like that super recently. I, I forget Probably. so many things, but yeah, you've seen this a million times. Yeah. Um, you've seen it done well. You've seen it done poorly. This is kind of like got Keith David in this one. Yeah, it was an interesting one, really. Um, it was something like that would have helped me because for me personally, I was switched off almost about five minutes into this one and, and, and it never really got going for me. I think kind of this one starts with similar to sibling rivalry. Their kind of yeah. storytelling device is like a similar, it's almost like a, 
someone interviewing like a serial killer behind bars. It's kind of given off that vibe, you know, almost like a Hannibal Lecter, Clarice type vibe. But it's not because he's claiming he's innocent, but he's yeah. acting like a complete psycho. He's got like weird lighting where you can't see his face. He's like staring at, you know, staring a hole through this woman mm. who's interviewing him. So he's trying to give off this like, I'm crazy vibe. But then he's like, but I'm innocent. And so like, I don't know. I think that threw me for a loop immediately. Like, I don't know what you're going for here. And then every time they cut back to this top secret government compound, which immediately is already like, oh, my brain starts to switch off a bit. Um, I just didn't find this one interesting at all, sadly. I, just, I don't really have much to say about it because, yeah, I just didn't find any of it interesting. I thought all the characters were pretty lame. And I was glad when this one was over, to be honest, for the first time all series, in fact. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree. Like, I was so switched off during this one i think like you say it's really interesting because i was going to bring up sibling rivalry as well because it used the exact same storytelling technique mm -hmm. and it just shows that even though that technique is perfect for something like creep show you really have to deliver and i think where the two differ is that the the lead characters you know the the, the guy in this i just didn't i never really liked him you know i don't I don't have a problem with the actor or anything that he did i just didn't like the character and i didn't like the way it was portrayed like you said mm -hmm. the stuff in the the um prison or insane asylum or wherever the hell he is military compound where he's been interviewed kind of none of that felt really genuine it felt like he was not playing it the way you know he he, he should play it i think kind of um yeah, confused like i was yeah like he's yeah, acting like the crazy well, lunatic but he's saying that he's innocent I just, I just think it's poorly written you know like when you i, I think it's something like invisible man when elizabeth moss was kind of like um arrested and kind of she's gone crazy you can completely understand why that individual in that moment is acting the way she is because mm. bashit crazy stuff is happening and has happened and is happening to her. And so she's kicking off because she's just like, she's just being completely destroyed from the inside out. And obviously that movie's a long ass movie that gets to that point. But, um, but with this, like he's a guy that's claiming innocence. I mean, you know, why are you acting like a psychopath? It, it was almost like he's, you know, someone that's not been arrested that's trying to get arrested like <laughs> do you know you know what i mean like mm. where he's just trying to be edgy enough um he's just some annoying time waste yeah <laughs> you know you know like you know like when you're in an airport back in the day when you could go to airports and you're like i don't think i have any contraband in my bag but maybe i do and then you start mm. looking dodgy <laughs> that's you, basically you what he's like yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> the image i had in my head I'm so pleased that that's what you had. I thought I can't <laughs> reference Mr. Bean Finger Gun because Matt or no one listening is ever going to get that. Reference. I will definitely. And I will get every Mr. I Bean fucking, reference. I fucking love because that's exactly what I'm trying to But yeah, there's you know, more for the British audience of a certain age. <laughs> you, you do you do the Mr. Bean Finger Gun, exactly. and um, that's what this guy was doing. But he's mm. already been found guilty. Like so, yeah. And then and then when you actually got to like the the flashback stuff, I think kind of. Again, what sibling rivalry does so well is you get the you get a little bit of backstory, but then you get to the current timeline and then it continues. Because I think I, I think we touched upon it before, but when you know like the outcome early doors, like we know that he's been a he's been imprisoned for killing people. So we know he's not dying, and there's only like three other people. So I'm pretty sure like some people are gonna get wrecked, probably all three of them. Mm. and and so like then it has to be really well done the way it goes down and it just isn't that well done i don't think i think kind of the the other thing is is that the effects really showed the budget constraints in this one mm. i think they, they start to get into kind of 
in time dimensions and creatures coming from a different dimension and just all of that just really didn't look good and and yeah when when creep show kind of doesn't look good but it's in a really charming fun segment you kind of go along for the ride because that's part of what it is but when it's not that great story-wise and it looks pretty trash like you know then then yeah i, I just not into it and there's a charm of like if you're doing horror with like goofy looking monsters there'll always be a charm to that but if you're doing sci-fi and it's goofy looking visual effects involving different dimensions y- your brain just switches off because you're like this looks terrible so yeah it's sadly a miss um there, there seems to always be at least one and this was the one um yeah. but yeah going into the finale um mm final episode only one segment in the finale um night of the living late show which mm. you know, it kind of conjures up certain images in your mind obviously with the night of living and which is uh valid but the the second part of it i don't want to you know no spoilers but like do you get why this late show is in the title of this one because i kind of missed that no not really yeah, I mean, we'll get into what it's about in a second, but maybe it's just because he thinks he's going to be like famous because he's come up with this big mm. invention, so it's going to be on late shows. That's that's literally the only. The only, the only I thing get. I thought was because it's like um, Night of the Living Late Show because it's kind of like talks about a lot of classic horror movies, which are normally kind of like in that kind of time slot, kind of, mm. and you know when you're kind of into it. But yeah, I'm not overly sure. Yeah, let us know um, if there's like some obvious reference that we're not getting there. Um, but, but yeah, but the yeah. kind of synopsis for this one is uh, Simon has invented an incredible virtual reality experience that allows him to join in on his favorite films. But what happens when virtual reality becomes Simon's actual reality? Um, again, another vague one um, because it's a very high concept, this one. Um, and I, yeah, I only want to really set up what like the start of this episode is because obviously it hasn't aired yet as of this recording so we're not, right. not going to talk spoilers um <clears throat> but essentially yeah well we can talk some if we throw <clears throat> up a warning it does come out the day after the show goes live um but yeah th- th- it's weird right because they say virtual reality a lot in this but it's <clears throat> not virtual reality as we know it you're not he's not just viewing the movie he's changing and interacting with the characters in said movie um, yeah which is very interesting. And it was not really what I expected. You expected them all to just be like, oh, the movie's going on around you sort of thing. But then he immediately, he is in the movie. You know, if you're, for example, going into Scream, he can interact with Sydney, And it's not Nev Campbell. It's Sydney. you know, as a real life yeah. person he can it's, interact with. It's Sydney, And he can like, just be like, oh, you ought to watch out for that Billy Loomis and just yeah. like, fuck the entire movie. Yeah, like, which is wild. It's such an interesting yeah. concept. Yeah. And it's it's definitely done very well uh i think kind of um the the, the title of this episode kind of gives you some sort of hope of where it's going and mm. kind of like all of that stuff was fantastic and like so good because it's something that i'm so familiar with and seeing that is fantastic and then kind of justin long is again another actor that's mm-hmm. you know been around for a long time yeah. you know and kind of fucking loved him in jeepers creepers Mm. and like you know he's come back he's been in quite a lot of things over the years and and yeah i'm always i'm always happy to see him like Mm. i always like him and no i'm completely the same with justin of like he made his name in horror but he's not one of these actors who has like completely cut off from it you know he became super well known obviously his highest grossing movies will be a lot of like romantic comedies yeah but then he's never been afraid to go like yeah (laughs) he's never been afraid to be like i'm gonna do drag me to hell and i'm gonna do other weird horror stuff whilst also being this kind of rom-com guy so i Mm. i've always appreciated that and like justin for the same reason as well yeah and and you know he was really good in this just 
the, the typical kind of Justin character, really this kind of like nerdy, but, mm. but really charismatic, likable guy. Um, and, and yeah, I, I thought, I thought he was great. And then kind of when you actually get into kind of, um, I guess, I guess what I'll say is that, that yeah, he, he is a film fanatic and he is a kind of, uh, fanatical about, a you know, a horror movie from the past and, mm we visit this horror movie multiple times during this segment um we, we can which... talk about it at some point because i they did put out a clip today which showed him in said movie so okay. it's not yeah. really hidden but like yeah i've i've not seen the movie um no. which yeah. takes the enjoyment level down like 50 percent um i still had a great time and what this what this segment has done is it made it's made me want to see this movie mm. um and it has an arrow release Oh. yes <laughs> um and i'm kind of tempted to and then mm. kind of to watch this segment again because like Definitely. it was interesting enough and like the way that they've they kind of interacted it where i was like he he's talking to the characters and i'm like have they just found a movie where they could do the sound clips very well because because <laughs> later on i could tell that's what they were doing because we get we get to see him in a couple of different movies yeah. And and the other one we see him in, I kind of, I could tell that... He doesn't really he, interact with anyone. He does, though. He does have a backwards and forwards with one character. And it oh, is yeah, he because, does, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and, and you could tell that, you know, that they, they're not in the same scene together. And it's mm. a question that was asked in the actual movie that Justin just answers. And it's very <laughs> clever. And mm. I was like, is that what goes down in, in the, the actual feature that we're, we're predominantly seeing? Because... Because like I've not seen the movie, so I don't know. Because I was just like, "Holy shit, he's interacting with this guy!" Like, what's going on? And there's one scene in particular where he's kind of like, uh, just goes, "Oh, excuse me, guys," and like cuts to the cuts in the foreground of everyone. Mm. And I'm like, "Oh, they clearly just put him in over the top of that." But like, <laughs> I really want to watch the movie, and then kind of, like, I almost want to watch the two side by side and kind of pick it apart to see kind of when they snippeted him in and stuff. Yeah, this is the one episode that I would like love to watch a making of where it, yeah. it is it's hard to talk about unless you've seen it and then you'll fully get it, but it is mind blowing how they're able to put an actor, Justin Long nowadays into an old movie from the seventies and kind of yeah. like he's interacting, he's in the actual film and he's interacting with these characters. Some of which are, you know, most of them are portrayed by actors who aren't even with us anymore. And like, yeah. and it's actually believable. And like, even though, you know, it's a bit hokey cause it doesn't all line up, but it actually similar to what we just said about with, with effects, it works cause it has a charm to it and uh, yeah i think this episode was absolutely fantastic i thought it was the best like concept by an absolute mile of the whole season um the only reason why it wasn't by far away my favorite episode of the entire season was because of the runtime um mm. this was a 40 minute episode it had essentially about two minutes of filler at the start and the end which was fairly unrelated to the episode to kind of like extrapolate the runtime it was cool um <laughs> they then show i'm gonna say at least 10 minutes of this movie in this film um <laughs> now i know we're getting to kind of hills of eyes part two levels here <laughs> which is interesting for multiple reasons because as we've discussed we saw that movie first so it was kind of like, oh, awesome. We get all this backstory. And that was similar here, where because we've not seen this horror film, I didn't necessarily have a problem with seeing 10 minutes of it. But it right. was a, it, I, I could tell that I was being fed a movie to to make the runtime longer. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And so, like, as critically, I have to look at that and go, okay, when, this is how you found a way to fill this, the runtime. When this segment ended, it felt like 
I'd seen a 20 minute segment, but it had taken 40 minutes of my life. 100%. Like, you That's know, exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. And because this easily could have been just another 20 minute segment and it would have been even better because there's a lot of his outside of the VR world. He basically is living with his wife who mm. is, um, you already yeah, mentioned this kind of like the main part of the story. Yeah, and, and like she's incredibly rich and they have this kind of backwards and forwards where he you know and, and kind of him getting more and more obsessed with this VR world. And it's kind of like you pretty much know from the first scene of those two that they have a pretty crappy relationship and he's obsessed with the VR world and mm. that's gonna come to a head at some point. And if this had been a twenty minute segment, we could have missed like 10 minutes of their interactions because we didn't need any more filling than that. It was clever enough to give us that snippet to begin with. Mm. And we, and, and when, when we get to the payoff of their dysfunctional relationship, we would have been fine. Like we didn't need 10 more minutes to be like, Oh yeah, no, he's really obsessed with this VR world. And she really doesn't like it. Like that's basically what it does like three or four times. Yeah, I completely agree. That was like literally my next point of like, they, mm. they have all this unnecessary stuff with the wife, which, which isn't unnecessary in the sense of like, cause the story works, but I completely agree with you. The first, what Creepshow does so well when it yeah. does it well is getting exactly the immediately the first time he kind of fobs her off for this vr world we knew where it was going and this was another one of those segments similar with like public television of the dead of like pretty early on i like you know exactly what's going to happen in the finale of this movie mm. and like i was like right it's going to go to this film and this is how it's going to end and that's exactly how it did and and it wasn't like unsatisfying because I called it. It was like cool because it went in the direction that I wanted it to go. Um, so yeah, I, th I thought this was a really good one. Like I say, if, mm. if this was like tighter and didn't have unnecessary filler, it would have easily been my my favorite segment of the series. Yeah, and I think for the concept alone, it is just remarkable. Like this mm. in itself was almost like an offshoot. Like it would require so much money. Not yeah, only for licensing, but for other reasons. But like, I would watch this show of like it's Justin Long going into these old movies and interacting <laughs> with characters because that is yeah, just so goddamn interesting. Uh, you know, it's very Black Mirror in a way of like live out your fantasy in these movies, and like it got me oh, thinking like what would I like, what would I want to do in these situations? Him just, like hopping into the thing and just yeah. being like he's 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 infected, he's not oh. trustworthy, and just like you know whatever, like you know. That's the thing. Would you want to risk moments? it? Because like you wouldn't go like, oh, I love Nightmare on Elm Street, so I'm going to go in there because you'd be terrified you're going to get murdered by Freddy Krueger in your well, sleep. Like, what well, would you want to do if you had this? Is that, that the rules aren't clear to begin with because he's no. kind of like you know he is jumping into a horror movie. Yeah. And like, when it when it first goes down, he's he's fucking with the villain of that horror movie. Yeah. Like somewhat, and I'm like, oh, so is he like? can't get hurt in this world and then kind of like as we get further into it you realize that you know he can be affected by what's going on in the movie and that's when mm -hmm. you're like oh shit yeah i better not just jump into nightmare on elm street <laughs> yeah because it's like a lot of our favorite movies not just in the horror but in particular of like are they worlds that you'd want to live in i was genuinely trying to think like yeah, what would like, be oh, a fun do I wanna, world do i want to hop into lord of the rings and get like beheaded <laughs> by an orc probably not. no like, like may maybe like toy story would be fun like i don't know what else there would be yeah because i was thinking i was like, early years harry potter i'll just go to hogwarts and do some magic before <laughs> before voldemort's back you know before before shit goes south you just realize how dangerous every film is like yeah. there's just not many peaceful yeah, men like living. i could just walk around the corner and and the basilisk could just you know be there you know, you I'd, know be I'd actually i'd want to i'd want to live in spider-man homecoming 
Because I just want to live in a world where Tom Holland's actually Spider-Man. And that just seems like a nice yeah. present. I'd just go to high school. That's what I'd do. <laughs> and then you just get blipped. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, damn it. <laughs> okay, maybe far from home. <laughs> um, but back to this one. Yeah, like overall, um, yeah, I think we've said a lot about it really with that because we don't need to go into spoilers. So I'd rather not because obviously most mm. people haven't seen it. But yeah, like I'm... It is interesting yeah, we've, talking we've about. We've skirted around talking about it without mentioning the movies that it's that, that he jumps into. I th- now yeah. saying the movies would be a bit pointless. Yeah, what I will say is because you, you mentioned about how obviously you, we haven't seen the movie and and that mm. probably lacks, but like I think it goes both way, and I'd be curious yeah. what you'd get more enjoyment from because yeah, it's a movie I'd heard of but not seen, and so seeing him interact in that world and and like I thought this episode did a good job of like I hundred percent understand the plot of that film just based <laughs> yeah, upon too. this. Episode and so that was cool of like it wasn't like you need to have prior knowledge of this movie where you'd be like oh you know he's in midsummer and if you haven't seen midsummer you're not gonna have a clue what's going on like it actually it made sense to me um what was going on so i i and like i say because they show so much of this film i think if you've seen the movie and maybe didn't enjoy it or you've seen it a few times and bored of it you'd have you'd have a more bored time of this film because you're like oh man here's the 10 minutes of this film but to us it was new and fresh and i actually think it added to the episode um because yeah when they go to a movie that i am more familiar with i was like oh that's cool that they're in that movie i've seen a lot but it wasn't like as exciting to me as a movie that i've not seen um but yeah i don't yeah. know they were both really exciting for me yeah like, they were yeah but yeah that's that's kind of all the segments overall um mm-hmm. i think yeah overall thoughts i loved this season um for the most part you know obviously there was kind of like one segment that i really really didn't like and then one that was like meh and then pretty much other than that there was at least five for segments that i like thoroughly enjoyed that i would easily watch again and then there was a couple that i'd at least consider good so for the most part that's the way you have to look at anything anthology ever you know all films and all tv shows like i can't think to a single one where i'm like every single one nailed it i love them all equally that's just never going to happen um so like to get to a point where there is that much that i liked i think is definitely a win and i think the ratio is better than season one and i think overall the quality is way better than season one i think like the best free which we'll kind of get into our personals in a minute is way better than anything in in season one um and, and has really kicked on from the specials like i'd hoped because i thought the halloween special was awesome it being <clears throat> animated a different flavor and i'd love to see another animated special this halloween obviously we're probably getting season three as well but i want them to see to do more animated stuff especially with the caliber of actor they were able to bring in like keitha um was awesome and then obviously the christmas special was really fun as well so yeah i'm just in such a good place with the show it always puts me in a good mood when i put it on and yeah i I thoroughly enjoyed the season overall yeah me too i think you know at this point that opening credit scene becomes like synonymous with me having a good time like mm. i'm kind of like that that hits and i'm like oh yeah i'm i'm down like and the the thing about it is as well like all of these other kind of anthology things it's an episode so it's you know 40 to 45 minutes mm. um so you know if you if you're watching a black mirror episode or a twilight zone episode that you that you don't like you you're stuck for for a, for a chunk of time Whereas with these, you know, they're they're nineteen to twenty three minutes, you know, mm. ignoring the the finale, and it's kind of like, you know, it, it, a good segment is thoroughly enjoyable for twenty minutes. A good segment for forty minutes isn't that enjoyable, you know. I mm. think, you know, looking at that last segment, I think 
I think the reason why we didn't like it as much is because it was 40 minutes. Mm. And I think they've found a real sweet spot with these fun little horror stories for 20 minutes because I have, I have a great time with them. And I think it's, I think the length is perfect um, for what I want anthology horror to be. You know, I think that's why I loved VHS so much when it came out Mm. and, and this kind of does it to, to, you know, it's a different, if it's a different kind of style and kind of, you know, um, backdrop behind it, but, but, but that kind of length, I just think works really well. Um, and, and yeah, you know, as you said, I think you have to just judge these on, does the ratio shift more to what you enjoyed to, to not enjoy? And yeah, I'm the same that, you know, I, I enjoyed most and, and there was only one or two that I disliked. Yeah, for sure. And so I think, yeah, going into kind of like my favorites, like it was difficult because there, there are plenty of good ones. Um, mm. I think Pipe Screams just narrowly missed out for me because I really liked it. But yeah, Night of the Living Late Show would be my number three um, for the reasons we've discussed. Like loved it. Best concept, but just a bit too long. Um, and then, yeah, the kind of two standouts that I don't have really any issues with either of them. Um, sibling, sibling Rivalry, I got a number two. And then, yeah, obviously Public Television of the Dead in episode one was just phenomenal phenomenal use of evil dead phenomenal use of bob ross what more could you want um just loved it <laughs> yeah yeah mine mine's exactly the same actually oh, really? but, but, uh, uh, yeah apart from the fact mm. that public television of the dead is like a million miles above all the others because i just right, loved yeah. it so much <laughs> like I, I loved it so much i think it's i think it's by far the standout kind of um you know, probably just because it helped me discover Bob Ross, which has put me in a better <laughs> frame of mind in life. But, but yeah. like all of the Bob Ross stuff was fantastic. The use of the Evil Dead license was exquisite and just kind of, yeah, I, I loved everything about it. I think, um, you know, Sibling Rivalry got, for me, it was number two because of the the enjoyment of the segment, but also the effects. The Like it was it was the standout effects of the the the, the um the season mm. even with the the evil dead stuff and the effects that was in that was very good but but definitely sibling rivalry kind of tops it yeah um and then yeah num- number three would be be the the um night of the living late show because just just what they did was um that was your third right yeah yeah just yeah, narrowly yeah, okay, yeah. Head of pipe screens. yeah i suddenly thought i thought you said pipe screens but yeah yeah night of the living, night of the living late show is is my number three where just for the scope you know we talk about how the space one had a level of scope that they couldn't deliver on Mm. i just don't know how they delivered on this level of scope and like you said i'd love to see how it was made um you know great lead actor and and a really you know really fun idea that was that was executed really well what I really love from this series as well overall is like it got kind of, especially in the first and last episode, you start to see these almost like quasi crossovers. And mm. I thought that would just be fascinating to where Creepshow has this clout where we're not out of the realm of possibility and maybe like season four where we just have like a Chucky episode and it's just like a self-contained story of Chucky for 20 minutes. And it doesn't have to tie into all the canon. You don't have to have all the extra characters that we're going to look forward to loving in the TV show. It could just be, here's a Chucky doll going on a rampage. Like the way this just had the Necronomicon. Um, Especially with like like, some of these older horrors, like, like for example, if, if we weren't just having a remake of it, but like Candyman or, you know, 
it like 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 we've got Wishmaster or or you Even know weird stuff that wouldn't like Pet Cemetery. I didn't like that remake at all, but like a twenty minute segment would work for me. I think yeah. so. It's kind of like you can go with some weird Stephen King stuff, definitely as well. I mean, yeah, just some really whole fish. Yeah, exactly. You know, the the Shining appears in a lot of things. Just having like a fun <laughs> thing of like that, just like a just like someone that's actually staying in the Overlook, and it's just a story of the Overlook. Like mm. you know. Um, could could be fun and and yeah there's just there's just a ton of stuff that they could do and and yeah i, I never thought creep show could be that no um i i was i was more than happy with what it was um yeah. like i think creep show has done like multiple amazing things because i'm happy with what it what it is its overall concept then the 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 stellar casting because they had great casting in season one, yeah. and then like you say, you know, like you know, we had Tobin Bell and stuff in season one, you know, Keitha in the specials, and then all the actors and actresses that we've just talked about now, like an absolute amazing horror ensemble, mm-hmm. um, and then and then the fact that they've got this franchise IP that they're bringing in, um, you know, you know an evil dead tie-in blows my mind and then what they did in the final episode as well like is a little bit more obtainable and Mm. i just think like like you say you just wonder if there can be more that they can do with the crossover stuff which would just elevate it to to a significantly higher level but it's already at a pretty high level yeah for sure i I thoroughly enjoyed it and yeah hopefully we'll get to see more later this year which i'm really already looking forward to um oh yeah yeah, i can't believe season three is coming like yeah Hopefully. Um, But uh, yeah, that was our discussion of Creepshow Season 2. We will take a short break and we will be right back. yeah we did have some listener feedback this week of course if you ever want to get in touch with the show you can tweet us at shb pod uh, you can send us an email at super horror bros podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail just search for super horror bros on skype um and yeah we do have a quick message here from sean um with some thoughts on the new mortal Kombat, which i'll play now i obviously did go to the cinema and, and uh, checked out uh, mortal Kombat, uh which i thought was very very good um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually, more so than than I thought I was going to. I mean, I I went into it, you know, having you know not really a lot of expectations. I mean, when I saw the original film back in the '90s, I think it was like '95 when it came out. Um, I remember I was like, oh yeah, that was enjoyable, but you know, it's not a game that I really played. So just just as far as a point of reference, yeah, I I didn't really play this game. I know a lot of people were into it. Um, but uh, but yeah, the uh, the original movie was. Um, I remember thinking yeah, it was okay, but I've I've not seen it since. And uh, so going into this one, I know, obviously know that um, you know James Wan uh, produced it, and his production company is kind of responsible uh, for bringing this out there. And um, yeah, I have to say that um, the it has some of the best um, some of the best kills I've seen in, in a while. <laughs> I mean, there is some definitely his horror influence is definitely felt um, in the violence and the extremity of the kills um, and I know that's that's something that the game is 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 known for but uh, but I thought it was it was done very very well you know as, as a matter of fact the just the visual effects um, as a whole you know the uh, the CG 
I thought was was handled very well and you know it didn't it wasn't bothersome there's only a couple parts that I would even even criticize but uh, the thing that really impressed me with this movie was the whole the, the depth of the story like I didn't expect all the there to be all the um, the lore uh, and all the, the the history of what you know they were presenting here, and it, the way it comes off in the film is you know they're 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 giving you a lot of information, a lot of characters, um, and and a lot of great action, very you know a lot of great set pieces. But the way it kind of unfolds, it's almost like it's a setup. Like you know it's it's the film you know goes for like a an hour and forty or an hour and forty five and. By the end, it's 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 very good, but you're like, wow, that seems like it's just the start. So definitely, some sequels must be planned for this as a franchise. But uh, but yeah, I was just um, super impressed with you because know, I'm not a person who you know gravitates towards like martial arts films necessarily, or even video game adaptations. So just from that perspective, um, you know, going into it with that mindset, I was you know actually yeah very entertained, very impressed. Uh, it was very well done. I mean, I highly recommend it. I, I give it an 8.5 out of 10 and a buy. I'm definitely going to buy this on Blu-ray when it comes out. So anyway, guys, I uh, just wanted to give you a little update. I appreciate you once again for letting me share my thoughts. And um, we will check in with you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. So, yeah, thank you very much, Sean. Like, it's nice to actually have a positive film review. Um, you seem to very much enjoy Mortal Kombat, which definitely gets me more interested in it. This was a weird one of, like... I don't like now that it's out and it's kind of overall seems to have got mixed reviews. Some people really love it. Some people don't. And I look at it and I'm like, as someone who doesn't have this huge reverence for Mortal Kombat, I'm like, would I enjoy this just as like a film? Yeah. And, and it seems that's where you're from as well, Sean, of like, you don't have this huge love or passion for the franchise, but you just went in and had a good time. That definitely gets me more intrigued. But I think my biggest kind of, you know difference is that like i think if i saw it in the cinema i would have a great time yeah um but the fact of just watching this at home doesn't really appeal to me so this is one that i i don't even know if it's actually out like godzilla and kong was um just like on streaming platform so i wonder if they are maybe waiting because obviously like i say we're only a few weeks away from the cinemas reopening now and i've just got a feeling that they're like everything's going to try and get in there on the week one so like i wonder if they'll try and sneak in mortal kombat on one or two screens because then i would be more intrigued to watch it um potentially it's just like with with what we've already discussed is coming out like oh yeah i, I don't think, mean i think like seeing seeing the it. seeing the trailer mm-hmm. like I, I feel like i got to see what i needed which mm-hmm. was some cool fatalities because that's all mortal kombat has ever been for me and yeah. and i'm like i don't really know what else it could give me because i i don't give a shit about what sub-zero or or scorpion or whatever the hell their quarters up to mm. so like i just i just haven't ever you know got into that and so so yeah i, I yeah I, I i the trailer kind of was enough for me whereas mm. I, I feel like i've seen what i need to see yeah i i would watch it at some point but i'm not in a rush like i say there, mm. there was nobody that i was looking forward to more and that's available on demand i still haven't even watched that yet so kind of like i'm in a weird place at the minute where because i've enjoyed creep show so much and i've really been enjoying the wes craven kind of rewatches um of like i don't really want to watch anything new until it's like right there in front of me in the cinema you know and mm. I, I don't have this will to check out on demand stuff right now that's I think why we have so close show. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's only a few more weeks, and I'd rather have it where, like, if I haven't seen a new film 
for like a month prior to spiral that'd be awesome um and that might be the case so yeah we shall see in the coming weeks um there, there was a movie i watched but like we've already gone long because it's because it's a tv show so i'll probably save it for next week so i have a lot to talk about it but mm. obviously we've been kind of putting it off for a few weeks as well I'm talking about psycho gore man um i don't really know what else is to say other than the movie's incredible i have watched it um a few times now on the blu-ray nice. um and watched all the extras which i thought were phenomenal like they were really cool um yeah. did you did you see the extras on the blu-ray yeah yeah there's a lot of e- there's a lot of easter eggs on the blu-ray um, yeah there's there's some fun you know they're, they're they're fun little extras that you can dip into as well and they're just like 10 or 15 minutes yeah but there's actually like hidden like easter eggs of like if you press extra buttons on the menu you get like hidden shit which is oh, pretty okay. cool i've not seen any of that yeah, like, cause I, I accidentally saw one and I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I Googled it and there was like a list of like five or six. And was, most of them are just like t- fun little 30 second clips. Um, but it is cool. But yeah, like, um, I'm the make- those back in the day. Yeah, it was cool. It was a nice little throwback. But yeah, just overall, they nailed it. It was everything I wanted. This Blu ray, by the way, is like already like sold out everywhere. And I saw it was going for like £60 on eBay in the UK. And I was like, oh man, I'm so glad we got our pre order in. Like, yeah. it shipped perfectly it works on uk blu-ray players it's got so everything good. you could possibly want there's only yeah, just... like a few thousand isn't they made yeah i think so yeah. yeah and it's just yeah it's absolutely perfect but yeah the, the making of in particular was everything i wanted like i would yeah. have liked it to have been longer but seeing them achieve like especially the paladin oh, fight yeah. which is like the best scene in the movie like the logistics behind that you just suddenly realize like oh you guys are all psychos and you're yeah. like unbelievably good at your jobs to be able to achieve a movie like this on such a small budget so yeah i I didn't think it was possible for me to love it anymore, but I, but I just did. I've, I've seen it twice just regularly because I just mm. wanted to enjoy it. So I, I still need to watch it like three more times for all the different commentaries. I, I do worry about the director, uh, yeah. Stephen Kostansky. Like yeah. his, because um, I didn't really know anything about him, but like mm. he's an effects guy that just yeah. wrote and then directed this movie and somehow got a budget together for it. And I'm like, what is in your head, mate? Mm. like and he talks about like he's got more and i'm like oh man just make 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 pg a franchise please because yeah. like your your skill for the for the effects is amazing but then your brain for like this just crazy world that you know should suck but it doesn't it's just fucking hilarious and brilliant mm. like it's perfect it's kind of it's what Hatchet was when Hatchet first came out, where it was like this parody that that wasn't overly trying to be a parody. It was just trying to be a baller movie that was kind of like just just had this charm and fun to it. And that's what this is. Mm. And like the Hatchet movies did did move away from that where they became, you know, too over the top. But like, yeah, I just think, you know, I, I want to see more PG and I want to see how this continues. Yeah, well, we love Shudder, and uh, but like they have to pick this up as like a Shudder original, mm. and like whatever this guy wants to do, prequel, sequel, TV show, whatever, just let him make it because it will guarantee to be awesome for you. But yeah, obviously, you know, you forget that this guy made the he he brought the Leprechaun back to the masses, which <laughs> yeah. is why I will always love this man. And that movie was so underrated; it had brilliant kills, lest we forget. Mm. It was like genuinely a great film, especially for a Leprechaun film. And so, like that was the whole reason why I was excited for Psycho Gorman in the first first place um <laughs> let alone i never thought it would end up being as good as it obviously was but yeah it's, like it's, a it's a... the best leprechaun movie 
<laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we will talk about it in the coming weeks because yeah, it's uh, it's still one of the best movies of the year, hands down. Um, but yeah, there's another movie that I've watched in the past week. Definitely save that for next week because I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, mm. And we'll probably talk about maybe some Winter Soldier like overall thoughts at some point as well because yeah, that's maybe. that's maybe. done now. So we've got three weeks to talk about stuff. It's weird. I'll, like it, um... it always goes from like really busy to really quiet, doesn't I it? I know. I know. Um, I'll give you some brief thoughts on a TV show. Oh, God. You can't bring up Walking Dead an hour and 20 minutes into a show. Man, The Walking Dead sucks, bro. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> Man. like, but Just wait until the finale, and then it'll be half decent. No, the finale pretty much sucked. The finale was oh, kind wow. of cool. Like, mm. so there was, there was, I think there was like You're really going to talk about five, this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were like four or five episodes, and the last one was basically the Negan backstory, which was kind of cool but weird for a finale. But then every other episode was the fly episode from walking, um, from, from breaking bad where it was like, there was one episode where it was, um, Daryl just like his bike broke down and he had to get a pipe. And, and then he get, went back home and was like, well, that sucked. And that was like the episode. And it That's was great. just like, I was like, it was literally the episode. And I was like, I, honestly it was like they were trying to fill for a season i'm like guys you finished the season already you didn't need to fill for like four or five more episodes it was it was real bad like what what did you expect well seven years (laughs) yeah but i don't know man i don't know (laughs) you've only got yourself to blame at this point (laughs) um and yeah i'm gonna bring up a movie that i spoke that i that i watched as well um I watched it. I've seen it years ago, but I I don't really have. I don't really remember it. But I watched Psycho two. All right. Um, the Arrow release. I kind of picked that up when when they had their sale recently. Um, the movie looks phenomenal. Like the the um the Blu Ray restoration. It looks so good. Um, the movie's kind of crazy because like obviously it comes out in nineteen eighty three, like twenty two odd years after the original um starring anthony perkins as norman bates and so kind of like it is 22 years after the original movie um and it's kind of it's 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 the the open of the movie is really well done you get like the the black and white shower scene from psycho and then it transitions to kind of like these black and white credits and then eventually you get like the house on the hill and then the first splash of color you get is the psycho 2 logo in bright red and then the house kind of fades into this really nice color. And then the Blu-ray just made that color pop. pop. So I, I really love the opening. And then kind of, it's basically like Norman Bates has been rehabilitated. So he's been in a mental institution after the first movie. movie, And he's now got cleared to be let out. And there's kind of like people protesting and saying like, you know, he's murdered people. He shouldn't be let out. And he's basically let out and let to go back to the Bates Motel and can run it again. Um, and his kind of like the, the, the co-star in this is Meg Tilly, who's Jennifer Tilly's sister, um, which is fascinating. I went down a whole Meg Tilly rabbit hole where I was like researching all about her because I hadn't really seen her in anything else. And yeah, yeah. Well, cause I was watching it and I was like, is this, is that Jennifer Tilly? I was like, (laughs) I like it, it kind of looks like her maybe like when she was super young, but I was like, no, because no, and I was like, is it? And then I had to like, look, I paused it and I like looked it up, and then that's when I went down that rabbit hole. But um, 
but yeah, the, the, the first kind of 40, 45 minutes of this movie I thought was really fantastic. Like this kind of push and pull of obviously Anthony Perkins, who's clearly still got issues, and then kind of the town and the people that are kind of like pushing him over the edge, kind of treating him bad and kind of treating him like this killer. And you really start to build empathy for him and kind of you build really? that empathy through, through Meg Tilly's character. Yeah, because everyone's just like so horrible to him. And and I think kind of like like Meg's character does such a good job. Um, her character's called Mary, and kind of like it it does it well. And but the movie's quite long; it's nearly two hours long. And and kind of once you get past like the hour mark and things start to kind of go go sour, it, it wasn't as good. And I, and I didn't really like you know the last twenty minutes or so. I didn't really like at all and and kind of where where the movie ended up i i i was i was almost just like completely switched off by the end of it um and so it was a shame because honestly like 40 minutes in i was like oh found another gem here like like one of these one of these kind of you know arrow gems that i've i mean i've got the psycho collection on dvd but i I literally just blasted for them once and never paid much attention to them um and yeah for the first 40 minutes i was like i really missed something here but but yeah ultimately you know, it, it's interesting to see, but but the you know it, it didn't pay off as much as I hoped it would. Yeah, those films are like such an enigma to me because yeah. Psycho is one of my all time favorite horror movies, and I've watched it so many times. And I I thought at some point I'd be sick of it, and yeah. and I never am. I I've thoroughly enjoyed every single rewatch of that movie. I've seen it dozens of times in the last decade. Um, but and then obviously Bates Motel, like they nailed it mm. so much, and I just it, I just loved it so much. But then yeah, there's like three other Psycho movies yeah. that I never saw, and they sound really interesting. With Anthony returning, and he's even directing some of them. Isn't yeah, he, he? directed the like, fourth one, I think. Yeah, and it's just so it's a fascinating story of him and his kind of like mm. film career is tied to this one franchise. But um, I just never felt the urge to watch any of them. I don't know. I would like to sit down and just I, it'd be similar ish to what you said about where like I think I'd have to just dedicate a weekend and just watch all three of them. Yeah, I wouldn't want to spread out for ages. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's interesting. Like it's a shame that the other ones, like you say, don't have those releases because like an mm. Arrow Psycho collection, then I'd be like all down. Oh that. yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's a shame with this one because I think, like I said, the, the opening of this movie, and, and I don't know whether it just lost me um, because of the runtime, but because it kind of like you have this scenario where where you've got you've got Mary that's getting close to Norman, and clearly that relationship is going to cause problems and go somewhere. We know what Norman's capable of, and it's just a case of when, and and it and it it just took too long. I enjoyed the cat and mouse initially. But then it just took way too long to actually get to get to that stuff. And so, yeah, yeah you know, it, it was a miss in the end. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, well, yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, what are we doing next week? Who knows Who at knows? this point? Maybe some more Wes Craven because I've got this Deadly Blessing Blu-ray staring at me in the face and I just like really want to watch oh, it. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do that because it is a good I've time. Already, I'm not going to lie. I've already purchased Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm was. i going to do it after Deadly Blessing. <laughs> um yeah. Because... I've, already, I've already purchased it i'm ready i'm ready to go <laughs> yeah because yeah it's just i've had such a great time and especially with like these next two as i keep saying i've not seen either of them and so i really don't know what to expect on either of them so i'm looking forward to it because that was kind of the whole point of doing this of like yeah we're going to talk about movies we already know and love but we're also going to be like my eyes are going to be open to new wes craven movies for the first time which is yeah, like when we when we did the rob zombie retrospective there was mm. like you know one animated thing that we had yeah. to see, and that was it 
Yeah, we like, watched it and was like, yeah, that was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and yeah, we knew what that was going to be going in. Like, I'd mm. seen enough clips to know that. Whereas, yeah, like, I don't know what to expect about Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's such a bizarre thing. It's like this DC comics and then they recently did a TV show. It's just like, oh, it's so weird. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, that was episode 245 where we discussed the rest of the brilliant uh, Creep Show season two. Uh, thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And through my veins and travels to my head, they said, you'll die soon enough anyway. Shut up, I can't. Mainly because I never could. And how could I start that?